0: You're listening to Specscript, today's episode, Firefly, written by Clara Pluton. This won't get cancelled, baby. Hey Specscript speculators, it's Chris with some good news for you. We are going on tour. Yep, that's right. If you've ever wished to see a show but don't live in Portland, now maybe it's your lucky day. The TV on the Rodeo Tour will be bringing you all your favorite shows written by all your favorite comics who have never seen those shows. So here are the fun dates. On March 30th, we will be going to Sacramento, where Amy Estes will be writing an episode of Cheers, and it will be read at Stab Comedy Theater, so you know Lydia Manning's gotta be there. Then on April 17th, three days before 420, nice, we will be going to Salem where Emma Pace Jonas will be writing an episode of Weeds, because of course, and it will be at Capital City Theatre. Then, on May 31st, we'll be going to Olympia, where Chase Roper will be writing an episode of a yet-to-be-determined show, and it will be read at Le Voyeur. Then, on June 30th, we'll be going to Seattle, and reading an episode at The Blue Moon. And lastly, for now, we'll be going to... To Tacoma on July 26th, where Jill Silva will be writing a fun episode of a determined-in-the-future show at Bob's Comedy Jive. So those are the fun dates for now. Trust me, a couple more, if not a few more, will be added. So, follow us on all the social media platforms. If you live in those cities or live near them, come check us out on the TV on the Rodeo Tour. Now back to Firefly, you nerds.
1: Hey, you beautiful angels! Y'all ready to start SpecScript?
2: Woo! Always keeping it
1: positive. Mama mia! Uh, welcome to SpecScript. The main show is starting now. Now, uh, SpecScripting. Who here's been to a SpecScript before? Yeah! Who here is it their first time? All right, all right. Well, to those of you who are uninitiated, Script, besides being the greatest live show in the history of comedy, is a podcast uh, that you can listen to whenever you want. Uh, we just finished the pre-show, which is just for y'all who come and come to watch it. And but if, what a
2: pre-show. Exa- oh, God. If you're listening to this in the podcast, you screwed up big time. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, you Seattle listeners. Yeah, Nick Sahoya. Uh, anyway, um, so, uh, yeah. So, uh, if you ever... If you fall in love with the show tonight, you can listen to hours upon hours of episodes of previous stuff, it's great. And to you audience here, uh, remember that, uh, because this is a podcast, uh, laugh and cheer as loud as you want because your laughs and cheers will be immortalized. And if you die tragically, they will live on forever, echoing into space on and on and on until that's all that's left of human society is script. Firefly. Uh, we are your hosts, I'm Chris Hottemy. I'm Shane Hosey and we got a uh, Mama Mia good episode today. Uh, Seattle uh, Angel super cool comic Clara Pluton wrote an amazing episode of Firefly. Even one of
3: the best science fiction television shows ever to yeah. exist. And I'm not being sarcastic at all. Uh, so good. It went on for how many seasons? Half a one. Ah, brah, 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 brah. And then there was that movie that not enough of you went to to save a franchise. I know I said that in this Beef Street show too, but I wanted it to be immortalized. Uh, Specscript is Portland's number one anti-Firefly
1: podcast. Check my Facebook history. I have bona fides. Yeah, so if any of you came because you love Firefly, well, sorry, snowflakes. Like, Uh, seriously, really sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh... No shame in liking anything uh, as long as you admit some parts are problematic and some parts are bad. All right, um, <laughs> uh, the pitch of SpecScript is what if a comic has ne- who ne- or an artist in general uh, who has never seen a TV show writes an episode of that show and sometimes we give them information. In this case, we gave the writer zero information. Uh, <laughs> And we see what happens. It's only the information you get through osmosis. Yeah. So, and if
3: you're anything like me, your friends won't shut up about the damn thing.
1: Yeah. Um, so today's episode is going to be really fun, and uh, I hope you're buckled into a great time. Please give a round of applause to our amazing cast as they come on stage. <laughs> Woo! Uh. One of the, trend, uh, the themes of today's episode is uh, people who have never been on Spec before. Uh, it's a lot of new faces, a lot of new angels. We have a, a few loopholes for once. We have uh, uh, we have a few people that have been on in the past, but most of these people are totally new angels. Uh, sit wherever you want. Um, get over there, you two. Uh, and all right, so everyone here in the crowd, you know who these people are because you can see them with your eyeballs. But listeners at home, they can't see them with their earballs. So. What our amazing performers are gonna do is they're gonna tell us their name, the character or characters they're playing, or they won't if it's a secret character. Wink, 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 wink. And then we're gonna say, uh, we're gonna say uh, what show we wish would be canceled. Uh, Because Firefly is the most famous canceled show of all time. Uh, So, uh, it's okay, Oh, thank you, Jaren. Give it up for Jaren George. Uh, I feel bad because we didn't need that stool, but uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, besides giving it up, here you go. Besides giving it up for Jer and George, give it up for Aaron Michael Walker, who's videotaping it. Ryan in the sound booth. Give it up for uh, Alexandra Jade and Lydia Manning for wrestling in the pre-show. All right, uh, Shane, do you want to start or do I want to start? Uh,
3: well, oh, favorite, yeah, TV show you wish was canceled?
1: Yeah. Uh, you go ahead and start. Hi, my name is Chris. I am reading the character of Evil Malcolm and, oh, Chris Hottamy, in case you didn't know. uh, Chris Hottamy, reading the character of Evil Malcolm. And I wish Game of Thrones was canceled one episode before it was done. Uh, And uh, it would be the best. It would be more entertaining than whatever that episode is going to be. And, like, I want it to be canceled during production, but no one tells anybody, so there's not even, like, a secret episode out there. (laughs) Like, it just ends with, next week on Game of Thrones, nothing. (laughs) Oh, you, you. We did did need another stool. (laughs) That's okay. Hey, thank you, Jaren. No, keep the stool. Keep the stool. Listeners at home, you're missing great stool-based drama. Great radio.
3: Great radio.
1: Anyway, uh, Kate Murphy, ready to go?
4: My name's Kate Murphy. I'm playing you want Zoe. Cancel- oh. And a show I wish I w- uh, were canceled. I don't know if this counts, uh, but I wish they quit making The Bachelor so I could get back to my life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I'm Simon Gibson. I'm playing Daryl. <laughs> That's my favorite Firefly character. <laughs> yeah, you all know Dariel. Daryl. Uh, What well, a show I wish uh, that was canceled uh, is also The Bachelor, so I could move on with my life. Uh, I'm Kate Murphy. <laughs>
5: uh, I'm Katie. I'll be playing Kaylee in a show I wish were canceled sooner. Uh, we're 30 uh, Minute Meals with Rachel Ray. <laughs> Okay, my name
6: is Juliet Milan. I am playing Inara, a.k.a. the prostitute, which I feel like is typecasting. (laughs) And a show that I wish were canceled would be Young Sheldon, because fuck that. I know, so brave. (laughs) Uh, My name
7: is Max Delson. I'm gonna be playing the character of Slug. And um, I, would uh, I, I, show I wish I was ca- that was canceled was uh, transparent before it was even an idea.
8: <laughs> My name is Clara Pluton. I'm playing one secret character and also commercial narrator. And a show that I wish was canceled is anything Jeremy Piven is currently cast in right now. <laughs> For obvious reasons.
6: Uh, my name's Christian Lipsky, I'll be reading the part of Malcolm, Woo.
2: and the show I wish was cancelled uh, was The News. Gotta think of another joke.
9: I'm Dr. Jessica Hebert, and I'll be playing Zelda, apparently.
1: <laughs> That's my favorite Firefly character.
9: Uh, and I don't have a show that I want cancelled, but if you ever cancel RuPaul's Drag Race, I will fucking end you. <laughs>
3: I am Rusty Diamond. I'm gonna be playing uh, the character of Jason with a Y. And the show that I wish would be canceled uh, earlier or right when it started was the show Friends. <gasps> yeah. I figured I'd get a good reaction from that one.
2: <laughs> I have two now. <laughs> um. Uh, my name's Kyle Adams, I'm playing Hogarth, and uh, <laughs> I, I agree with the Friends uh, statement, I wish that was cancelled right away, That I knew that Friends, uh, when that came on, that that was time for me to do homework, that's what I knew when I was a kid,
3: yeah. And I'm Shane Hosey, I'll be being the narrator, and uh, the show I wish was cancelled was at least one hour of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> if not ah, too- yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I, I just want to also say I wish they rebooted Firefly and then canceled it. Uh, it was in the first minute. Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: no. and, they, and then they and then they
3: just show a castle rerun.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right, everybody, you ready to start? <gasps> Spec script.
2: <laughs> yay <laughs> Yay.
3: Let's get ready for Firefly, the escape from performative allyship, written by Clara Pluton. Interior, a really big spaceship. The year is
2: 42069. Nice. We are
3: caught at the crosshairs of an emerging civilization, one torn between what, what, what has once been known and what lies in its wake typewriters and telescopes, Motorola razors and magnetic storms, peasants and photon phasers. The scene opens on our dashing protagonist, Malcolm. His hair is gelled. His teeth are white. His eyes are twinkling.
2: Has anyone seen my anti-gravity bomb?
3: (laughs) Maybe it got sucked up the black hole of your vacuous ass. Jason is sitting on the spaceship's interstellar futon with one hand loosely holding a spliff, the other hand in a bag of barbecue ruffles. He has a pistol firmly planted in the holster of his belt for reasons we aren't quite sure of yet.
2: Jason, why are you being such a massive douche right now? (laughs) As if you didn't know, for a captain, your ineptitude is really showing. Is this about the Chaos Emeralds?
7: It's always been about the Chaos
2: Emeralds!
3: (laughs) Jason picks crumbs out of his beard aggressively. He gives Malcolm one more up and down before storming out of the living room. Your fly is undone, Captain! Malcolm looks down. Your penis is hanging out, Captain. Exits room. Malkin takes a good hard look at the spliff Jason left behind. He gently tucks his penis back into his pants, (laughs) zips his fly, and starts moving toward his dormitory. Interior control room.
2: Well, let's look-see-see here at the beeping and pooping is worrying on our dashboard today. Hogarth is pressing buttons
3: willy-nilly, truly finding more glee in each and every red button he presses.
4: What are we up to in here?
2: Wow, Zoe, I wasn't expecting a visit from you. Zoe inches closer to Hogarth.
4: Well, it seems you've put our mating call on over the spacecraft's loudspeaker, so I assumed I was being beckoned.
3: They lean in closer to one another to hear the song emanating throughout the hallways of the ship.
4: Crazy Frog,
2: by Axel F.
4: (laughs) I came up here to bring you a gift, actually. It's the space-time continuum photon activator I've been working on.
2: Well, let me take a look at it. They marvel at it.
4: The framework for the software is the floppy disk we found while traversing through sector seven.
2: Ah, yes. In the, in the wake of the Y2K Nebulon, through the forest of never-returned blockbuster
4: VHSs. Precisely. Nothing has gotten my asteroids more hot and bothered than seeing you use a copy of Are We There Yet Too to decapitate those Macarena monsters.
3: They begin to nuzzle each other, nerdily. <laughs> <laughs>
4: There's one more facet to this apparatus that I thought you'd be interested in.
3: Jane hands the photon activator to Hogarth. On the activator, the numbers 5318008 0, 0, 8 have been etched. <laughs> Hogarth looks confused.
4: Turn it upside down.
3: Hogarth fills with excitement.
4: <laughs> Boobies! <laughs> they continue
3: to nuzzle one another. The scene <laughs> blurs to them porking missionary style. Axel F.'s crazy frog intensifies. <laughs> Stop conducting them, Chris. <laughs> Interior, a sparsely decorated room. The scene opens on Inara and Kaylee, each sitting on folding chairs across from one another. The room that they are sitting in has literally no furniture besides these chairs.
6: Hey, Kaylee.
5: Hey, Inara. Two
6: women in a scene together, huh?
5: I know. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it?
6: There's no men around, right? Like, should we be waiting for a man? <laughs> I didn't read anything in the season recap packet that implied a man would barge in or anything.
5: No, I think it's just us, in these chairs. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm obviously very grateful that the Stanley Kubrick overlords were defeated last season, finally allowing two women to be in a scene together without needing to fuck, do cocaine, talk about fucking, or talk about doing cocaine.
6: Totally agreed. Definitely also grateful.
5: But now that Bechdel law has passed, you'd think they would've given us some sort of developmental structure or plot progression? Increased
6: character arc that would allow the fans to better relate and empathize with the world we've been thrust into. And not just folding chairs in an empty room. And not just two folding chairs in an empty fucking room.
3: They sit in silence for a few
5: moments. staring at the ground
6: do you, do you read what people are saying about us?
5: Oh constantly You're on Reddit too? I can't stop myself
6: <laughs> I mean these nerds
3: are
5: vicious They completely exist without a moral compass
3: Kaylee and Inara maniacally scoot closer to one another <laughs> in their chairs like pirates, like pirates rope tied to barrels attempting to escape the captain's ship do you know what they said about me after season three, after episode six?
5: Adventures in Intergalactic Space Bukkake? Yeah! <laughs> Which already, the title names, the insensitivity...
6: These nerds are ripping me to shreds. My tips are tits are different sizes. My areolas are too big. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny.
5: God, these fanboys are relentless. Season one, episode eight, where I had to defeat alien buccaneers by individually having sex with each and every one of them. And
6: not to interrupt you, but why... Did they have the aliens' penises look like that?
5: Oh, God, they look like they're half-minion, half-Russian doll. Repugnant. (laughs) Truly. After that episode where I had to lower myself on top of 17 mashed goo-goos again and again, (laughs) take after take, just for these nerds to get their rocks off watching a woman toil over demented genitalia, for them to go online on their message boards and say that I look like...
3: Kaylee begins to become emotional.
5: If Harrison Ford and Diaper Rash had an incestuous child. Oh, come
6: here.
3: They embrace one another, finding comfort in their shared experiences. Their hugging allows the wounds of calcified nerd rage to soften and cool. These nerds
6: are vicious, but we don't have to worry about that anymore. The overlords have been defeated. We can rest easy now. We're safe.
3: They look at one another kindly and hold hands.
6: Do you wanna go throw Skittles on the ice hockey rink in the, in the quad to try and injure some men?
3: Kaylee centers herself and takes a few deep, grounding breaths.
5: I'd love nothing more.
3: They exit hand in hand. Exterior, vast, vapid, twinkling, massive space. <laughs> a rocket zooms by, an alien pisses in a cup. <laughs> a panhandling spirit is holding a sign that says, we'll trade space dust for fat ass bitch. <laughs> Zelda and Daryl. D- Zelda and Dariel walk onto a dirt road. Their destination is yet to be made clear. Zelda is in a steampunk spacesuit. She's tough. <laughs> Daryl is in a space turtleneck. He's a little bitch.
9: <laughs>
3: Zelda is carrying an extremely large pickaxe
2: with absolute ease.
9: Never in my life would I have thought I'd be paired up with you for a rescue mission.
2: <laughs> well. It definitely isn't my preference either.
9: You don't even have any weapons on you. No swords, no plasma ray guns, not even a lasso to corral any unsuspected attackers.
2: <laughs> well, Zelda,
3: as you know... Daryl picks up a space rock and begins to, to- toss it coquettishly.
2: <laughs> I don't need your technology. I don't need your mechanization your machinery, or your weapons of mass amusement. Why would I need that when I can access the most powerful weapon in the world?
3: Zelda stops picking her teeth with a three-foot long saber and looks up at
2: him. My mind!
3: (laughs) Daryl throws his hands into the air and four technicolor doves come flying out of his sleeves.
9: The year is 42069. Am I really supposed to be impressed that you can access matchless depths with your mind? I installed the app that allows me to redraw the literal shape of my corporeal consciousness into the chip in my brain months ago.
3: Zelda's body begins to shape-shift into a lampshade, then seamlessly into Squeaky From, and finally a gigantic polar bear with sunglasses on. Yes, I
2: know, but my mind is in.
3: Zelda snaps out of being a polar bear and into her resting body.
2: (sighs) My mind (laughs) is in.
3: He bends down and grabs his ankles.
2: (laughs) My
9: ass!
3: (laughs) Out of his ass, a light beam so powerful shoots out that (laughs) Zelda can't help but squint. His ass makes everything clear. Saturn, (laughs) Jupiter, the stars, your fears, your bliss. That jacket you let your friend borrow that they swore they'd return to you, but it is nowhere to be found, is all present, levitating and emanating from his ass. Daryl is drunk from the power.
2: Are you not ascertained?
9: I'm just a girl. Standing in front of an ass asking it to swallow me whole.
2: They may take away our prostates but they'll never take
9: our freedom! Ass Houston, we've got an ass problem.
2: (laughs) Stupidest thing. Thank you. Yeah, give us an applause break, you fucks. Unreal.
7: Oi, ass lovers!
3: Would you stop talking about Tushy for one blimey second to do what you came here to do? Daryl and Zelda snap out of it and look down to see Slug, their shipmate, yelling at them from inside the well that he's trapped in. You fucking tossers.
7: Oi, look at me, ass. No, no, look at me. Get me out of this
3: fucking well. Daryl zips his ass up and walks towards (laughs) Slug.
2: (laughs) So sorry, Slug. (laughs) We just got carried away. (laughs) I had just
9: never seen an ass like that before.
2: How did you get stuck in this well in the first place?
9: Well, it's a bit of a funny story. I'm trying to get home before the 7.30 to watch the space voice, so could you (laughs) give it to us in ten words or less? Fine then,
7: uh, uh, got drunk, woke up in well, me jacked, got stuck. Okay, but why did you wake up in a well? Some things can't be understood by a bloke as scrawny as yourself.
9: Looks like we're going to need a bigger well.
7: Would you fuck stop
9: with the quotables and get me out of here? I have to wee With my gritty aesthetics, and your interstellar ass, we can accomplish anything.
2: As ass is my witness, I'll never be hungry again.
9: Go ahead, ass my day.
2: There's no assing in ass balls. I ate his
9: ass with some fava beans and a nice candy. Get me out of this well.
2: Zelda
3: unleashes her most badass and powerful weapon, a mallet with a beheaded Ronald Reagan made of papier-mâché attached to it. Daryl unleashes his ass once more, and it evolves into a Kirby-esque mechanism, embodying the abilities and powers to swallow all of its surroundings. For a bunch of dandies, yacht truly are powerful tosses. Slug pops out of the well, covered in a thick, viscous layer of clear sludge. Oi!
7: What am I covered in here? <laughs> Oh, slug.
3: (laughs) It's jizz. (laughs) Daryl's hole shrinks back to its standard diameter. Interior, spaceship headquarters. All of our heroes are reunited in the living room of the spaceship. Malkin's got his feet up on the futon watching the super space sport ball. Jason is ripping a fat space bong. Hogarth and Zoe are seen canoodling at the further corner of the room, laughing at space cat videos on their space phones. Inara and Kaylee are in the kitchen heating up fondue in the space stove. Everyone feels centered. The normal melee and stress that surrounds our characters seems to have dissolved for a moment. The love they have for one another is as palpable and real. Even in space, Sundays are for the babes. Ah. The front door slides open, revealing Slug, Daryl, and Zelda who walk in to greet their long-lost friends.
2: Hello, my comrades. Slug. So good to see you, my slimy boy.
3: They hug in that bro way where they're gripping each other very tightly and just slapping each other's backs.
7: Oi, it feels good to be back on board me favorite ship, even though y'all a bunch of wankers. They all
3: laugh heartily at their odd British friend.
2: Hey, Slug, I
3: realized I never actually asked where you're from in England. England? Me from Tampa? <laughs> oh, my the Buccaneers, hey! <laughs> Kaylee and Aro run up to Zelda and embrace her.
5: It's so good to see you again. It's been much,
9: much too long.
6: I can't believe you had to be on a mission with Daryl. Jeez, what an absolute square.
9: You know, he's not as bad as I thought.
5: I don't know. I mean, he really walks around like he's got the whole world up his ass.
3: <laughs> they move back towards the kitchen, passing Hogarth and Zoe, who have yet to come off the couch to greet the trio upon their return. Zelda, Zoe, Zelda and Zoe make eye contact in a way that only two people with a deep, dark, potentially underdeveloped messy, sec- uh, messy secret could make. Zoe stands up to meet Zelda's gaze.
4: Sister... Mother, bitch, lover, sinner, <laughs> saint.
9: I don't feel ashamed. I'm your hell. I'm your dream.
3: I'm nothing in between. You, you know I wouldn't,
2: wouldn't want it any other way. Well, darn it. It feels damn good to have the whole family back together again. A beeping begins. Beep, beep, beep. beep. Hey, Hogar. Beep. Do you hear that?
3: Hogarth's mouth is full of nachos.
2: One <laughs> well, dream, it's down on seven. You know, talking to me during the game is bad luck.
3: Beeping begins to intensify. Beep, beep, beep.
4: It's just getting kind of loud. Someone might be infiltrating the mainframe. We are flying through space Crimea. It could be a bot.
2: Shush, sushi, please. Whatever it is,
3: it can definitely wait until the game is over. Hogarth starts doing a loud and annoying good luck dance, where where it goes around to each couch or chair sitting on tortilla chips and just making a gigantic fucking mess. (laughs) Zoe, frustrated with his ineptitude, walks back to Kaylee, Inara, and Zelda.
4: Do y'all hear that beeping? I have a feeling like something is really wrong. Oh, I just thought that was the sound
6: of sports.
3: The men begin to scream like hyenas. The beeping keeps intensifying.
5: Beep! Damn, that beeping's getting loud. Let's walk to the control room and check the data board.
3: The men are now punching each other in the genitals. Hogarth is attempting to put his leg over his head. Slug is on the floor, screaming and writhing in pain.
4: What is the purpose of men?
3: The women stare at each other. Interior, control room. The women enter the control room. What is usually a place of peaceful resolve is now completely inflamed. Every beep is bopping. All the systems are down. The monitor, which normally shows the map of the universe they're traveling through, now displays a distressed Kathy cartoon. Ack!
5: Ack! 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 Jesus, what the fuck is happening? I'll
4: check the starboard, Zelda. You look at the fuel levels on the external tank. Got it. And our come with me, let's gauge the rocket launchers for space debris. God, space debris? Is no one keeping up with their chore wheel?
5: (laughs) This is no time for martyrdom. We got a code red on our hands, and now the Kathy on the monitor is ripping her hair out strand by strand, so it looks like we're running out of time.
3: The women get to work solving this dilemma. Sorry, I was picturing Kathy in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. The women get to work solving this dilemma. The
6: fuel tanks are full. Space debris levels are low. Nothing should be impacting the rocket boosters.
5: Oh, God. Kaylee, what's wrong? Oh, no. Oh, fuck no. It's worse than I ever could have imagined. Kaylee, tell us what's happening. It's too late. Too late for what? He's boarding. Who? Who's boarding? We can't stop him. We we were too late.
3: They hear screaming from the men downstairs. The beeping intensifies even more. Kathy is dead on the monitor. <laughs> Two X's instead of eyes. <laughs> What the fuck? I thought we told you to never come back here again, Twa. The girls run downstairs, hearts racing, thoughts pounding, sweat pooling. In the spot beneath your boobs, it's impossible to wipe off, no matter how high you lift your titty or how fervently you dab underneath. The air is sucked from the room. The whole cast stands together in a line, witnessing what is washed ashore. They turn white with terror, and then red with rage. It's Joss Wheaton.
8: I'm back, bitches! Tired of all your loved ones turning to Scientology? Are you exhausted day in and day out of needing to come up with clever or honest ways to get out of your engagements and responsibilities? Did your bokeh timeshare fall through and now you need a new way to feel something greater than yourself? Try Evil Twin.
1: Mm, Hi, I'm Evil Malcolm. I'm just like Malcolm, but hee hee, I'm evil. I'm his consciousness that got split after a bumpy ride through the land of the superego in episode seven. I'm here for any of you to access at any time, tee hee, to haunt your... Nemesis dreams to add a bit of pizzazz to your work party to frighten and confuse those who have wronged you. You can access me at any time by calling (laughs) 1-800-TWIN-BITCH. Call for a good time, not a long time, because hell, I might just kill you.
8: Evil twins can cause existential dread, shortness of breath, extended erection, and eye rolls and exasperation from those who once respected and cared for you.
2: Okay, okay, bring it back to us now. Interior, the really big spaceship.
3: The face-off continues. Our heroes face their ultimate villain, who one who they thought they had disposed of years ago. We thought we had disposed of you years ago.
8: <laughs> well, I'm here, fuckos. Why have you returned? Oh, y'all didn't miss your old pal Josie? Bleh. Remember all the good times we had? Come on, the laughs, the memories. There were tears, but there were laughs. The doors I've opened for you all. The only door you've opened is the door to hell, and I'm going to kick your
9: sorry ass back into it.
3: Zelda lunges towards Joss Wheaton. Josh turns into sheer data before the very eyes, and (laughs) Zelda tumbles through him onto the floor behind him.
8: No. That's right, baby. I'm a Mirage. The last time we scuffled, when y'all had the scrappy idea to fling my body off the side of your spacecraft... I fell into a black hole while I was revolving through the nerd bro galaxy. It was when I was ricocheting through that hole that I was spat out at the other side of the space-time continuum, a part of the galaxy for men like me where Chris Hardwick is president. And Revenge of the Nerds is still a good-ass movie.
3: You make me sick. He spits at him.
8: So here I am, boys. Oh, sorry, is that not gender inclusive enough for you precious snowfucks? How about I just call you douchebags instead? You have
7: until the count of three to get off this ship or by the pubes of the Queen
8: of England, I will stomp your marriage off. You wish, you Florida fuck. I am invincible. My fellow shamed nerds healed me, and now my soul is data, my heart is in the cloud, and my mind is Bitcoin. (laughs) What the fuck will it take to get you the fuck off this ship? Oh, my sweet Inara, so supple, so brave. I stayed up all night the day after writing that episode where you got plundered by brawny space invaders. Mm.
4: God, why won't you leave us all alone, you creepy freak? Our life
8: is better without you. More whole. My therapist told me she was proud of me. All I want is my life back. I want my shit back. I want my friends back. And I want you to change the Hulu password back to me and Chris Pratt are totally twinning 69. <laughs> the
3: gang is at a loss. They're here in front of the man who attempted to ruin their life and so many others for decades. They thought they to be free of him. Now their freedom was in jeopardy. Not even Daryl's giant ass could get them out of this pickle.
8: A crash! Tired of all your loved ones turning to Scientology? Are you exhausted day in and day out of needing to come up with clever or honest ways?
2: What is that?
8: I don't know. I thought I turned the TV off. Come up with clever or honest ways to get out of your engagements and responsibilities? Did your bokeh timeshare fall through, and now you need a new way to feel something greater than yourself? Try, evil twin.
3: Another crash. Crash. Someone is tumbling down the stairs. Uh, oh, oh, fuck,
1: damn, ooh, owie, ouch, here I go, okay, falling down another stair, ow, ooh, oh, these are some long-ass stairs. (laughs) He sticks the landing.
9: What's up?
1: Oh my god. Hey, OMG. Hey, y'all. Damn, yeesh. Vibing here is bleak sauce. Am I disturbing something?
2: You could say that.
8: Evil Malcolm! Hey, bro. I had to write you off after episode 8 when someone on Twitter said that making fun of PTSD is wrong. (laughs)
1: Yeah, uh, that Twitter user is hella right. Uh, I've been off acting on spaceships for quite some time now, mostly doing commercial work. You know, I'm the new face of space, Jimmy John. Suck it, Brock Lesnar. Uh... (laughs) Please, space Brock Lesnar. suck it. Space suck it, space Brock space Lesnar. Uh, (laughs) sub so fast, you'll fuse. (laughs) Yeah, I think I heard that one. Uh... Well, it looks like uh, one of y'all left the window open on your rocket booster, so uh,
2: your orbit just ended up taking me in. Wow, ladies, y'all left the window open. This is why you can't touch the controls without a man in there to supervise you. Zelda swiftly steps on Hogarth's foot.
8: Ow! (laughs) Now that is the casual misogynistic microaggression I like to see around the cockpit. More of that, please.
1: Oh, wow. This guy is an asshole. I'm an apparition. Merely fragments of a man written by another man, and even I know you fucking suck.
8: Well, I'm here to stay. You literally can't kill me. My body is invisible morsels of memory and minutia. This is my motherfucking spaceship now, and y'all can suck my dick.
3: Oh, Josh Wheaton is interrupted by an evil Malcolm pointing a remote control at his head. Josh Wheaton's mouth has now disappeared. Josh is distraught, pawing at his face, desperately trying to restore his squawk box.
5: Oh my god, evil Malcolm, what did you just do?
3: Oh, I've encountered many a sleaze ball
1: all across space Hollywood.
3: <laughs> Here, wait, give me a second. Evil Malcolm points the remote at Josh Wheaton's torso and presses a big black button. Bloop, bloop. Joss Wheaton torso explodes. Shooting out of him are disgusting globs of sludge, dark, disturbing, and smelling like absolute hell.
4: Evil Malcolm, how are you doing this? Oh,
3: this? This is a nerd silencer. Y'all
1: haven't heard of this shit? It was pricey, but I had to get myself one after I was cast to be the face of the Fortnite X DDR crossover game,
3: Appropriation Wars. <laughs> These nerds are insidious. Joss's remains lay on the ground in front of them all. The sludge begins to evaporate. All that's left of the disembodied innards are a single book, an original edition of The Game, (laughs) penetrating the secret society of pickup artists. Uh, uh, Oh, oopsie. Uh,
1: He... He won't be gone forever. Uh, This just scrambles his carcass, disseminating different parts of it across the galaxy. With an evil this powerful, it's possible that he could reconstitute. Uh, But y'all should have enough time to rebuild your defense forces. I'd recommend joining forces with the real Housewives of Space jersey. They know how
3: to fight. The heroes cheer.
5: We're free again. Thank you Evil Malcolm. Yar! Peace
3: at last. What should we do to celebrate? They all look at one another, anticipation in their eyes.
4: Battle Royale? Yeah!
3: yeah! Our heroes grab their rocket launchers, jump incitingly into space and start letting those bullets rip through the galaxy like a big old fart. <laughs> the end. <laughs> <Whee>! ah!
1: <laughs> Everybody uh This has been Specscript, Firefly, The Escape from Performative Allyship, written by Clara Pluton. Oh, my God, so much fun. You've been a great crowd. Give it up for yourselves. Give it up for Ryan in the sound booth, Aaron Michael Walker, Jaron George, and give it up for all the performers you saw tonight. You saw Simon Gibson. You saw Kate Murphy. You saw Katie Wen. You saw Juliet Milan. You saw Max Delson. You saw Christian Lipsky. You saw...
0: Dr. Jessica
1: Hebert. Hey, one day. I'll get it right one day. You saw Rusty Diamond. You saw Kyle Adams. Our writer was... Clara Pluton. Give it up. Uh, I've been Chris Hottamy. My co-host is... Shane Hosey. Oh, my God. So much fun. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for being here. Uh, Fully uh, listen to the podcast. Write our reviews, all that jazz. Uh, Smash like. uh, But, uh, you know, just uh, keep on uh, trucking the free world. Uh, Anything else I should do, Shane, before I do my thing? No, do your thing. Alright, well, thank you so much. Uh, we're about to enter the second, uh, well, the third year of Specscript, and it's so fun. We have so many great ambitions ahead. We're going to hopefully do shows in Salem. We're going to hopefully start some, that finally start the Seattle show. We might hopefully uh, go to Ohio. We might hopefully go to New Hampshire. Me might take this all the way to Washington, D.C. Yeah!
2: <laughs>
1: thank you. I love you. Uh, thanks for listening to Specscript. Uh, peace out. Check out everyone's Twitters, whatever, and Talk to them after. Uh, check out the PDX broadsides, and I love you. Peace out.
3: I always forget, forget that that's his thing. Otherwise, I would
9: have stopped.
0: Thank you for listening to Spec Script. Come to our next live episode on April 14th, where Phil Schaalberger writes Mr. Ed, and we celebrate Shane's birthday. Mamma mia. <laughs>